All right, let's get to the word tonight. I want to preach um, about a person in the Bible. I've got a series going that every I intimately share about a person from the Bible. And they're usually um, a fairly um, obsolete person or someone that you may not have heard of. And you go, oh, I didn't know that name was in the Bible. Or I don't know anything about that person. I mean, we know about Abraham, we know about Moses, we know about David and all these heroes. But, you know, there's plenty of heroes and we don't even know their names sometimes. Like the woman with the two mites, don't know her name, you know. There are many people in the Bible that we don't know their names. But there's one there, Joanna. You know, hi Joanna in Taiwan if you're there. <laughs> I'm going to preach about a lady from the Bible, and her name was Joanna. Who's heard of Joanna? See? She's kind of an obscure lady from the Word of God. But first, I want to not just um, highlight her. I want to preach about somebody else as well, and we're going to be uh, comparing the two of them, okay? Sometimes I say, don't compare, don't compete, and don't confuse things, but um, I want to kind of compare the way that they responded to the Lord. So the first person I want to talk about is a guy, a man, and he was a rich young man. Joanna was a reasonably well-off young lady or woman. And so I want to kind of compare the two and see how they both responded when they met Jesus. Okay, so Jesus was going out on the road, okay? And someone came running to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And so Jesus is just going out on a ministry trip, as he does, out on a mission. And some young man runs up to him, runs. So he's, you know, he's in a hurry. He wants to get to Jesus. He's got something important that he wants to say or do. He kneels down before the Lord. He honors him. And then he says, what can I do? He doesn't call him Lord, actually. He calls him teacher. He said, good teacher, what shall I do that I can inherit eternal life? He doesn't understand that it's not about what we can do. It's about what he, Jesus, can do. So he's saying, what else can I do? And so Jesus begins to say to him, well, you know, have you kept the commandments? Have you kept the law? And of course he has. He's been very obedient. He's been a really uh, probably upstanding, law-abiding citizen. And so Jesus then says to him, he looks at him and he loves him. He says, he's looking at him, Jesus loves him. And he said to him, one thing you lack. Now that you've done all, you've kept all the law, you've been a good boy. Okay. And he says, one thing you lack, go your way. Sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. So this kind of sounds good, doesn't it? Only one thing missing and you can fix it. Just give everything you've got to the poor and then come on, follow me. You can have treasure in heaven, so no problem. No problem, okay? You had treasures on the earth, but if you gave that away, then Jesus is saying, you can have treasure in heaven, which is way above and beyond. So it sounds like a, 
a great situation. But what does this young man do? What does he do? He was sad. He was sad at this word. And he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Not only was he sad, but he was full. He could be sad and get over it. <laughs> but he was sad and sorrowful. He was full of sorrow. Because he knew he was going to walk away. He knew he wasn't going to give away his stuff. No way, Jose. He's not going to do it. He had great possessions. He could trust that he would obey the law and be blessed. But he couldn't trust Jesus. He couldn't trust him. He trusted in himself and he trusted in the things that he had. He couldn't give it away. He couldn't give it away. So, you know, we don't know this man's name and we don't know anything about him. He says he walked away and we didn't hear from him anymore. We don't know what happened. Don't know the end of the story, don't know what happened at all. And some people are like that. They come running to Jesus. They tell him what they need. He tells them the solution, the answer to the solution. Hey, just follow me. And they're like, no, no I don't think so. That sounds too hard. That sounds too hard. I'm comfortable where I am. No, thank you. And they walk away. They turned away. So I want to compare what happened with him with this person, Joanna. Now, Joanna is an upper class. She's a well-off lady. She's Jewish. She lived in the first century, which is like 2,000 years ago. And you think, gosh, that's got nothing to do with us. But you know what? People are people. People are people, whether it was 5,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, or 100 years ago. People are basically people. Technology may change and things may change in the landscape, but people are people. And she lived in Galilee, which was kind of not far from where Jesus was when he grew up, okay, in Nazareth. So she'd probably heard about Jesus. She's a well-off lady, and she is married to the manager, this, basically, if he was here today, he'd call him the CFO, Chief Financial Officer. He was the manager of the household of Herodias, of Her Her Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas. Antipas is a funny name, because when we were kids, I know this is this has got nothing to do with it, but Antipas, when we were kids, and we were at school, you know, they used to give us this medicine called Antipar. It was for worms. <laughs> and every time I think of this guy's name, I get it wrong. Anyway, Herod Antipas, not Herod Antipar. So he was the head, uh, he was the ruler in Jerusalem at the time. And Joanna is married to the husband of the one who's in charge of the whole household. So he has a very powerful position. She is married to a very powerful man who has access to finances and to all kinds of authority. And so um, this woman had something wrong with her. We don't know what was wrong with her, but she needed something. Just like that rich young ruler, 
he didn't need something, he wanted something. But this woman needed something. She needed a healing. And so she came to Jesus, okay? back to what Jesus said to the rich young ruler. When the, he walked away, Jesus basically said, it's hard for rich people to get into heaven. It's hard for rich people to get into heaven. And he looked around and he said to the disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. They're like, wow, so no rich people can go to heaven? What is Jesus saying? And then he clarifies it. Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. And so we know that the problem that this young man had was trusting in riches. Not that he had them, but that he trusted in them. And so now we come to this woman who also um, has riches. And in Luke chapter... Um, Chapter 8, we see the meeting of her. She came to him as well. It said, It came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits. So Jesus is on his mission, another mission, and he's traveling around. Says he went to every city every village, so it's an extensive coverage. And with him are the 12 disciples and certain women, okay? Certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. So she had problems with demonic oppression she had seven demons cast out of her and she was set free and she followed Jesus. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. So here we have Jesus now on his ministry trip. The 12 disciples are with him. And many women, or not many, it says certain women, and many others. But the women that are named is Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Susanna. But it doesn't tell you, it tells you Mary had the problem with the demonic oppression. But as far as Joanna and Susanna, we don't know anything about their healing. We don't know anything about it. And back then, a lot of things were called infirmities or evil spirits that would anything from outside that came into the body or affected them or affected their health, like bacteria or something, because they didn't know what bacteria were, it was called evil spirits at times. Point is, Joanna was healed. Joanna is now in the company that is following and working with Jesus. So she has left home. <laughs> she's left home. And she's following Jesus. She's been healed of something. The focus is on the healing, 
that focuses not on the disease. Sometimes we focus on the disease instead of focusing on the healing. And we focus on the disease instead of Jesus. We've got to focus on him and follow him. So she's following the Lord now and also providing for him from their substance. Along with the others, they are financially supporting. They're using their resources to support his ministry. So she's been in this place of um, comfort, great comfort. You know, she's, got, she's married to a rich guy in a powerful position. And now she is following the Lord and she's following the call of God for her. Is this the call of God for everyone? Probably not. But for her, it was. It was. Not only that, she's being generous. She's not holding stuff to herself. She's releasing it to be a blessing for the work of the kingdom so that the ministry could continue on. She's very generous. In one of the parts, it says that they provided for them, not just for him, but provided for this traveling ministry team. What else did she have when we consider her? You know, if we want to be just like her, how can we be just like her? To follow the Lord, to respond to him, to be courageous. It would have taken incredible courage for her to follow him at that time. She belongs to the household. She's the wife of the, the chief officer of Herod's household, the Roman rulers. And here she is following this Jewish itinerant minister called Jesus. So she's put herself and even her husband in a, a situation. You know, Herod is the one the boss, Herod, the ruler, the Roman ruler, he is the one who had John the Baptist beheaded. And eventually he is the one who has Jesus condemned under Pontius Pilate. So, you know, he's not um, a weak person. He has very strong views. Um, I wonder what he said. I wonder what he said to Joanna's husband. What's wrong with your wife, man? Can't you control her? What's she doing following this Jewish preacher around? Why isn't she here? What's going on? You know, she put herself at risk. She was at risk, probably of the death penalty for betrayal. She took great risk to follow Jesus. But she loved him more than she loved her stuff. More than she loved the easy life. It would have been easy to stay home. <laughs> Most people want an easy life. I don't want any dramas. I don't want any stress. She would have had plenty. Plenty because Jesus had a lot of persecution. And she was there the whole time with the crew. She would have had a lot of heartache too because they say that... Um, the scholars, if you read into the historical background, the scholars say that a lot of the inside information about Jesus' trial and Jesus' um, torture, basically, she was the one who gave the information because she had access to the people and access to the buildings where he was kept when these things happened to him. She is accredited for giving a lot of the inside information 
God puts his people where he wants them. He plants them in certain places, strategically. You know, you might think, oh, I'm just working in this place. But you know, God has put you there strategically to bring the presence of the Lord, to bring help to those who are drawn to the Lord. He will point them out to you and you'll be able to minister to them. They will be drawn to the presence of God in you. They'll begin to open up and share and talk to you. And you know, you'll be able to say, can I pray for you? You might be surprised how many people say yes. You'd be surprised how many people are out there, lonely, hurting. They need healing. They need Jesus, just like she did. So um, she was at the cross when Jesus died on the cross. She watched him with the others. She watched when he was buried. She followed Joseph of Arimathea when he took the body to the tomb. She was there. She experienced the highs and the lows. She saw the miracles. She heard the teachings. She was in his presence. <laughs> How awesome. The things she experienced were wonderful. So all these things, I just had to put that in. <laughs> in uh, Luke chapter 24, this was when they went to the tomb after, she, after they she went to anoint his body. It said they remembered his words because they went there and the body wasn't there. And then the women, the three women, they remembered his words and they returned from the tomb and they told all these things to the eleven, because Judas is not there, to the eleven and to all the rest. So these women, Joanna included, went and shared the good news about the resurrection. God had them at the tomb. They saw the angels. They saw the angels there, said, he's not here, he's risen. And then they went back and told the disciples what happened. Who was it? It was Mary Magdalene. It was Joanna. Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told those things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. And they did not believe them. <laughs> All these disciples, the apostles who had been with Jesus, the three, Peter, James and John, the inner circle, and the 12 disciples, they were with him the whole time too. They heard everything and more than what these women heard. And the women remembered his words. He's not there. I remember what he said. He said he was going to rise on the third day. He has. Woo! And they went back and told them, the apostles, and they're like, what? Said their words seemed to them like idle tales. Ah, silly women. They're just emotional. And then, of course, Peter and John were like, oh, hang on. Wait a minute, he did say that. Whoa, let's go. And of course, then they ran and it was true. You know, Joanna was one of the women, one of the first evangelists, one of the first evangelists. And she was there on the day of Pentecost with the others. That's not exactly them, but I had to put the picture in. 
In the book of Acts, she would have been there. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They're all waiting. Jesus said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Wait till the promise of the Father comes. And altogether, the number of names was about 120. And of all the multitudes who experienced all the miracles and wonderful things and heard the wisdom of God, 120 turned up. And she was one of them. She was one who got filled with the Holy Spirit that day. The power of the Holy Spirit. What to do? To be witnesses. To continue to be a witness. She was a witness. She would have been a witness at his baptism. She was a witness of his whole ministry. She was a witness at his death. She was a witness of his resurrection. And that was one of the qualifications to be an apostle in the New Testament church. The infilling of the Holy Spirit and the witness of the resurrection. And there she was, right in the middle of it all. Right in the middle of it all. And even Paul acknowledged that. When he was in prison, he was saying, please greet my friends, my fellow believers. And he says this, greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Now you look at it and you go, oh, doesn't say Joanna there. But Joanna is Hebrew. Junia is Roman. They believe that when she became a believer, and in the New Testament church, she's known as Junia. There she is. There she is. That's what the scholars believe, that the Joanna is Roman, is, is the Roman for, Junia is the Roman form of Joanna. So she is here in the New Testament church being honored by the great apostle Paul. And he's saying, she's of note. She is of note. She's notable among the apostles. She's a mighty woman of God. And she was also in Christ before me. In other words, she was saved. These people were saved before me. They were in the Lord, even before me. So Paul is honouring her there. And then again, she must have been very, very courageous. She was not ashamed, not ashamed to follow Jesus, not ashamed to be in that upper room, not ashamed to preach the word. In Romans 1, 16, it says, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> she was not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, rich, poor, old, young, Jew, Gentile, everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. She was not ashamed of the gospel. She had incredible faith, incredible faith. 
We don't know her family situation. We don't know if she had any children. We don't know if there was tension in the marriage because of this. We don't know. It doesn't tell us. Okay. All we know is that she followed the Lord after she met him. That could be her life verse. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the last verse I want to share is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. And there were some people and they said, Lord, we'll follow you. We'll follow you. Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Now that doesn't sound unreasonable, but Jesus is basically saying, stop making excuses and doing other things first. If you follow me, follow me. Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. He's basically saying when you commit, commit. Don't look back. Don't look back. And that's the last verse I have. And I want to just go back over here. So just like Joanna, do we want to be just like her? Yes, we do. I do. I want to be generous. I want to be known as courageous. I want to know as one who will stick it out to the end, who will be there right through the thick and thin, continuing to believe God, continuing to walk with the Lord, to put your hand to the plow and to keep going. Go forward. Don't look back. Don't, get, don't, don't think, oh, you know what? I don't want to give it up. It's too hard. Like the rich young ruler, it was too hard. Too hard for him. But the promises of God are far greater. There's an ease. There's an ease when you make the choice to follow the Lord. There's the blessing of God when you choose to follow the Lord. You know, if she just stayed in that household, she probably would have been very, very troubled. She was ill and she was probably very troubled because she was not going to fulfill the call of God that was on her life. There's a call of God on everyone's life. And if we don't feel it, fulfill it, we'll be frustrated. But she lived the life. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Father, we, we thank you that you just um, speak such simple wisdom. Simple wisdom. Just give it all and I'll give back more. Give it away and you'll have treasure in heaven. Lord, it's not about risking and losing stuff. It's about gaining you, gaining Christ. Lord, we just pray that we would not hold back, that we would be generous like this woman, that we would be courageous, full of faith, that we wouldn't f follow people and worship people or things, but we would worship and follow you and you alone that we would be faithful to the end. We go through thick and thin, but we go through because you take us. Lord, truly she was someone who surrendered all for the kingdom. I surrender all for you, for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, just bless each and every one.
on anyone who may be struggling with things in their lives, whether to stay here, whether to move, whether to do this or to do that. Whatever's going on in our lives, Lord, let us come to you, hear from you, and walk with you. We just bless you. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, if anyone needs prayer, I want to pray with you. Otherwise, have an awesome week. God bless you. Don't forget to invite friends and colleagues or schoolmates or whatever for the, the events coming up. Hallelujah. God bless.